Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. What's shaking, Daniel? Have you been running this week? Oh, running like a champ. Have you like a champ. crisp air this week? I love it. Funny story about that. Tuesday I was running finally. with the group. We had 12 in our group on Tuesday. It's long, largest. I, I proposed basically setting up a 501c3. That's how large our group is. Do you got draft me. when it's that big? You like tuck I mean, in behind people? Yeah. But it was funny is uh, there was a gal who is training for the Marine Corps Marathon, and so she's got various speed workouts and so forth. And that's typically normal. We have people training for different things. So they we all start out together. And even in a training, you know, let's say speed workout, there's typically a mile or two that's, you know, kind of whatever, beginning. And mm-hmm. so she she had these uh, half-mile repeats, and we're there was a group of us that were going to do them with her. And so we're running right in the beginning of the day, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is amazing weather. Like, this is glorious. I love this. I, w- I just couldn't get enough of how crisp the air was. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful. And about 10 minutes later, we started the first half-mile repeat. And by the end of the second half-mile repeat, it had gotten ridiculously humid. Like, Oof. it just flipped on a dime. Yeah, it rolls and, in this time of year. Oh, I did two of the four. I, I really just kind of wanted to see where I was at. These were at a seven-minute clip. It was, you know, so two out of the four is what I did. A bunch of them did fours. Four out of four, I couldn't do it. Um, but today, today, mm-hmm. on our run... No humidity, glorious. This morning was perfect. How's the garage? Like the garage. All the way. Do you leave the garage open. Oh, all summer long. Yeah. Man. I mean, I press it as long as possible because mm-hmm. the fresh air is nice. We're finally starting slowly to get back into the palatable season. It's great. I love it. But then it gets, you know, it doesn't last long. And then pretty soon it's like, ugh, you got to wear long sleeves or it's perfect. Ugh. Yeah. yeah, Allie makes fun of me here in the office because yeah. I loathe the warm weather. Oh, well, we had, I mean, when we were in the northern Minnesota area, for our listeners up there, yeah. we went to Lake Vermilion. It was awesome. Yeah. Other than the mosquitoes. Holy cow. True carnivores. They're all over me. I can't get them off me. They came after you. That's weird. Just big mosquitoes? Or just really hungry? Hungry. Maybe they know winter's coming. Thousands. I mean, oh, couldn't even... So couldn't even sit around a fire. Coming. Couldn't even sit around a fire play, uh, pit, make yeah. s'mores. Nope, absolutely They're not. Immune to smoke, everywhere huh? they were everywhere. So amazing. Yeah, good stuff. All right, housekeeping. This podcast sponsored by Jewel Financial. Visit us on the web, jewelfinancial.com, J-O-U-L-E. Other odds and ends. We need questions. Always podcast at diymoney.org. Keep them coming. Uh, juniors always get bumped up to the top of the list, like our last episode through uh, Jacob, and his question was fantastic. Wink, wink. But do keep those questions coming. If we use it on the show, we'll give you a $25 Amazon gift card. Try to keep it a minute or under. Also, social. We're doing a lot more on social. You can follow us basically anywhere you review your social, podcast, DIY Money Podcast. And if you're a Twitter guy or gal, hit me up, at Quintetro on Twitter. Cool. Let's get right into our question today. Turner, what do you got? DIY. What's up, DIY Money? I'm a 26-year-old male uh, serving in the Marine Corps and just moved to uh, Maryland. 
and I've got a question about starting your first rental property. Um, my wife and I bought a home in 2021, early 2021. We got a 2.25% interest rate. Um, it's where we want to move back to uh, in Carlsbad, California. We love this home. The military moved us to Maryland. We decided to keep the home and use it as a rental property. And we did a lot of math. We talked to tax professionals about uh, what we needed to get in terms of rent to meet our bottom line. Uh, we moved in uh, late June, put the house on the market, on the rental market, and we ended up not being able to get anyone to rent it uh, until we started putting it on the market for below what our bottom line was. Now, my wife and I are looking at this and wondering if we're making a poor financial decision by keeping the home uh, and renting it below our bottom line, or can we count on us getting more rent in the future, getting above that bottom line, eventually making this a productive thing for our family, and then hopefully being able to move back into this home when the military moves us back in about three years, three to four years. Uh, a little bit of background on us. Um, we're both 26. We both fully fund our Roth IRAs, me at the military rate, uh, 20,500, my wife at the 6,500. Uh, we've got some equity um, in the stock market and then um, we, we own that home. Otherwise, right now, we're only on uh, one income. My wife had to quit her job when she recently moved with me. Uh, but yeah, I wanna learn from you guys, know your guidance, know if we're making a poor financial decision or if we're okay to keep running on this path. Thank you for your time. Okay, this is interesting. Are you gonna assume bottom line means profit, like zero? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Just I making am. sure we clarify our yeah, terminology. Understood. So uh, I'll be really interested to hear how Daniel approaches this. I can speak to this on some personal levels. The first personal level is I went through a very similar situation, unfortunately not by choice. My wife and I had bought a home in Florida. We lived there for two years. Uh, we did not buy at the exact top of the market. We waited a year, but I would call it you know near the top. <laughs> Let's call it a life lesson for sure. Uh, we thought we were going to be there for a very long time. We bought it in a decent neighborhood, you know, yada, yada. But the reality is life changed, and we found ourselves back in Kentucky, and there was no market to speak of in order to sell this property. So we had to rent it at a loss, not because we wanted to hold on to it and come back to it, not because we had a favorable interest rate, because it was not going to sell. And doing that solidified in my mind one of the earliest pieces of real estate investment advice I had ever gotten from an extremely successful real estate investor. And I understand this isn't for everybody, but this was his advice. And I had tried to take it, I guess. I never assumed I would become a real estate investor. And he said, if I can't drive and see it in a couple hours, I will never buy it. What he meant by that is if it's, you know, states away or cities away or whatever, he just avoids it completely. And now I know why. And the reason is, is because I could not set eyes on things that needed to be done in and around the property. For example, in Florida, you got to constantly water your lawn. Well, all of a sudden I get a note and pictures from our tenant one time. The lawn is dead or in spots of it, it's dead and I... Like, what the heck is going on? I pay my water bill, you know, I, I pay the, you know, the water, whatever. Well, sure enough, the landscaping company who mowed the, the lawn knocked a couple of heads off the sprinklers and never replaced them. So 
the sprinkler was going, and it was one of those sprinklers where you walk by, and it's like watering the driveway or the road or whatever. And I was awesome. like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, get off my lawn! Long story short, uh, it was a painful process, and I learned a couple of things. And it sounds like this situation, I, I used all that to preface and, and hopefully for some wisdom for some others out there that might be thinking about or ever in that same same situation. Um, but your situation is interesting because you're you're seeing this at break even or a loss, but if your intention and I and I don't not your desire, not your, you know, we hope this happens, but if you legitimately have the ability to move back to Carlsbad and into this home, I will say that, into this home at, with a two and a half percent or two and a quarter interest uh, rate still on the property, et cetera, then your cash flow loss for the next three years may very well be worth it, may very well be a good investment. Now, you really got to run the numbers. And I, I think I know where Daniel will go with this, but it would be interested to hear. You really kind of got to run the numbers. But if in three or four years it's like an, well, maybe, well, I don't know, we, we want to, but we're not sure, we'll need a bigger house, blah, blah, blah. Well, then at the end of the day, you have a poor performing real estate investment that's thousands of miles away. And in my personal opinion, you don't hold on to laggards. Like, you don't you don't do that hoping it will turn around, in my opinion. You sell it and you move on. Uh, that's my two cents on it. Now, you you need to make that decision sooner rather than later because you want to, if you decide to sell it, you want to stay under that like personal property. The, the minute you've really classified, and you know a CPA can help you determine this, if you've really classified that it's a true investment property, then... My belief is now you're going to have a, a probably a large capital gain, assuming you have a, a gain in there, and that's going to be taxed differently than if it was on your personal property. You would have no tax. So it's kind of one of these things you might have to decide sooner rather than later whether you're going to sell it, hold on to it, or whatever. Um, but I don't like the idea of this if come you know three years. If it's legit, that three years we're moving back. We're moving back into this house. We love that area. We love the school systems. Run the numbers and make sure it makes financial sense for you to take that cash flow loss for three years. And you're okay with that. But we hope it will get better rates of return. We hope that it will be cash flow positive. And it's thousands of miles away. Eh, I don't like that at all. Let's say you, Daniel. Yeah, hope's not a great investment, generally speaking. Uh, however, in my experience working with some military families, as much as they'd love to move back to Carlsbad, California, it may just be a question mark of whether or not the circumstances will allow. So I don't know necessarily whether they, I mean, assuming that this, whatever uh, current, what is it? Posting or whatever uh, that they have, you know, has an expiration date timeline, things like that. And they can either choose or give a list of options of places they'd like to move back to. So there might be a high likelihood and that it'll probably end up uh, happen around this date, et cetera. Um, but maybe not. No. So I guess that's what we're considering. So we, uh, I'm I'm actually interested, and we don't have any more details of why at the 2.25% interest rate, because it's a pretty low interest rate, um, why it's not profitable as a rental um, at rental prices. And I think what it may be is probably the same, similar to the same reason why our family is currently renting, 
in that the economics in this sort of odd property market is with selling prices where they are, even with low interest rates up until recently, uh, rental prices didn't really keep up with uh, the actual selling prices of homes in such a way that you could, and I know some people made it work, but in the way that you could sort of buy a property, rent it at fair market rate, what, what people would be willing to pay, and still with everything else involved, uh, really make it. And considering this is California, I know from some of the financial planning we've done, because we work with people all over the country, we've done a couple uh, folks in California who are currently renting and have as one of their financial goals um, to purchase a house somewhere in California. And we keep running the math for them and go, especially in some of these hot markets, it just doesn't make sense uh, because the property values are so different from the uh, rental values. And so this is, I think, why it's really important to beyond just sort of setting up the business side and talking to a tax professional and things like that, why in a lot of these circumstances, people do engage with uh, a financial planner to kind of run what's the financial or business plan behind some of these decisions. But barring all that, since we're starting with the property already there, the rent already coming in, um, I think what's different in this scenario is the fact that there's a high likelihood or a pretty good chance of in that two to three years of moving back. And so without knowing exactly how much it's costing the family and things like that, I would probably be inclined to, if there's an 80% or better chance that you're going to move back to California and you can cover the cost between now and then, I would probably lean that way, but I would really have to see what that's costing our family as far as sacrificing and stress and all of those other things. And do you want to be in the rental market? For, yeah, two to three years. I mean, again, I, you know, we hear these luxurious stories of somebody who, well, I never intended to be in this business, but, you know. I mean, I don't want to be in the rental market. No. So I, I think mean, everybody has and, to decide. And again, you, you know, I think you have to decide. Now, you might be like, it might be a blessing. You might be like, no, I really, we got a great you know, my brother-in-law is watching it. And he's very good, and he's a property manager, kind of-esque type person. And maybe this is a long-term strategy for you. Like, okay, one, you know, didn't work because we didn't. the numbers aren't right. The math doesn't re- work. But, you know, there's another one that we might look at buying. I mean, I think you have to you, – you got to isolate the business decision. So often we blend all these decisions, like if, then, that, et cetera. I think you have to look at this as a an isolated business decision in the here and now. And I do like what Daniel said. I mean, if you know you're going back, if it's a high 90% probability and you want to live in that house or, or you know, yeah, we want to go back and I want to be in the rental business and this is going to be the first rental in my portfolio of rental houses, all of that is different. But if it's just a, well, we hope it covers, we didn't want to sell it, you know, we we hope to get back. Uh, too many hopes. And I know you didn't say that. I don't think he said hope at all. But I just, that's kind of what I feel like. Mm-hmm. Too much on the if come, and I don't like that. I don't like, even if you look back in five years, if I would have just held on to that Florida property, it would have been great. I mean, literally, we would have made a ton of money. And I don't regret it. I do not regret it because the stress of having a property, a property manager that didn't do anything, mm-hmm. uh, in you know, rentals. I mean, it just, and then we were cash flow negative. I can attest to the anchor that it was for you. It was terrible. Yeah. I, I mean, so even though in hindsight, look, oh, I should have just held on. It's like when somebody goes, 
oh, if I would have just owned Apple or Amazon, I'd be a multimillionaire. And so then I got a call from him saying we don't have to worry about money no more. And I said, that's good. One less thing. As long as you can sit through the 80 to 90% drawdowns in those stocks since they became public. Because, oh, by the way, that happened mm-hmm. multiple times. So, you know, you got to look at it as an isolated business event, in my opinion. Great question, though. Yeah. It was a really good one, Turner. I hope uh, I hope you found some value in our answers. All he did was send us a audio question through his probably smartphone to podcast at DIYmoney.org. That's podcast at DIYmoney.org. And he'll get a $25 Amazon gift card for that. All right, friends, remember the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. California. I sure adore you. But I can't afford you. California. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.